Hey folks, welcome in the Pro Football Ireland. We are getting there, getting closer to the NFL season. One month away, we could say that we are in the final month of the, the off-season, off-pre-season training camp back on. Michael McQuitt, uh, delighted to be joining this podcast by uh, Kildare stylist Mark Mark Hogan. Mark, it's been a while since we've done a podcast, mate. It really hasn't, like, we were already shopping the other day, but uh, <laughs> this is, I think, I think today's the 1st of August, okay? So 1st of August, uh, we've got a Hall of Fame game coming up this week. It's an exciting time, isn't it? I mean, are you a big fan of the Hall of Fame game? Uh, Hall of Fame game I feel like I will be excited someday when I go to a Hall of Fame game and I use it to spot certain players that are going into the Hall of Fame absolutely but you know like when when I first started watching the NFL I was absolutely pumped for it and then when you start to realise that certain players aren't going to be playing it and stuff like that well and it kind of you know wears off on you a little bit but it is obviously the sign the whole cliche that football is back kind of comes back for at least a little minute and it is funny that Teams should want to play in the uh, Hall of Fame game purely so get that extra week of training camp because head coaches are always wanting a bit more extra time. And then that's when you get excited when you see your team is back in training camp. It's like, yeah, I would be excited for for those reasons that you get an extra week of your own team. Jets against the Browns Thursday night, Friday morning Ireland time. Talking about the Jets very quickly. Let's see who. Let's see if anyone listening to this podcast wants to see their idea, Mark. I want to do a Hard Knocks podcast this year just because of Rogers and the Jets. Are we up for it? Do, do you want to jump in? We'll do a weekly podcast. What do you think? <laughs> the last podcast I appeared on was with our friend Colleen Wolf, Which is out next Monday. The 7th of August. There's your exclusive news. We, that was a great podcast, man. Jesus, that was a fantastic podcast. I can't wait to hear what they're saying about it. I'm sorry for spoiling the news. We literally just recorded recently and um, it was class to have her on and she's the one that's kind of looking after the Hard Knocks podcast. So I don't want to... Uh, Thrown, thrown under the bus I don't want to go up with a direct competitor because if you, when, when that episode does come out she is an absolute fantastic guest and it's like yeah your uh, skills are really tested when you're talking with the likes of them because the personalities just come through the screen you know watch this space I think it'd be a good podcast to be honest with we're going to have a Mark's Madness podcast which probably would be a lot better in March and that's something we're going to re-inject for next year Mark's Madness <laughs> but uh, if, if anyone follows us especially on Instagram because let's just be honest Elon can get us on this airwave Twitter is completely dead. I don't know what it's called this week. I don't know what the logo looks like this week. So yeah, like Instagram has been popping. Uh, if you're on our Instagram, you'll see the pictures of like, I don't know, Tom Brady's parents landed up in Calvin of the weekend, which is random enough to say the least. But some of Mark's graphics, I mean, Mark, geez, the graphics have been 10 out of 10, sir. Like, I mean, 11 out of 10. And we're going to go through some of them on this podcast. Um, I think the most controversial one you've made is the who will go above 10 wins one. So for people that don't have the ability to view things and like myself see two things at once what um do you want to explain this graphic to people before we start i suppose it's it's so funny when you say that because i'm still uh, all over the place all of a sudden being like oh what what pod or what graphic was that because yeah i've made these a while ago it was uh something that i was you know behind the hood or behind the scenes making these well it was a while ago since i looked at this and i was hoping that it wasn't going to go stale by the time it finally went out because it was nine and a half wins at the time on Vegas and actually I haven't double checked this to make sure that it still stands out there but it, you know there was no major injuries although maybe since this has gone out um, the Lions could be dropping a little bit because there was massive injury obviously for them in the back when they obviously lost CJ Gardner-Johnson which Ooh. that's massive and I mean I know they, that news is a week ago all oh, we haven't talked about it obviously yet and I think it's super interesting just because like they do have Cameron Sutton there 
and they do have uh, they've signed another one from the um, wasn't it Emmanuel Mosley from the 49 they had another signing as well on the defensive backs but obviously they had to go in big on, the, on helping that unit and CJ Gardner-Johnson was obviously a massive role in that he was probably their biggest free agent signing even though I love the Cameron Sutton signing so that doesn't help them at all and I suppose when we're talking about football is back we were hours into training camp and reports like that were coming out that was happening I mean like right after that it was um, Calarius Tony was injured on a punt return in the opening of Kansas City's training camp and although he's not going to miss time it goes to show that yeah the whole football's back and have an immediate impact on different teams and yeah the line starts to change a little bit but yeah that was a big one for the Lions and they're obviously still the high powered offense, offense uh, from last year but that does hurt their chances a little bit, doesn't it? It, it definitely does, especially when you feel like the spotlight's just shone on them that little bit more this offseason. Um, and you know, outside of the players that you mentioned, they're already under pressure for their offense to continue to evolve and you you expect to see Jared Goff go to hopefully for him the next level this season. So for me, it's certainly a situation where it does hamper them. I, I guess with the... You can hear my dishwasher in the background, folks. You're in for a treat in this podcast. It's... You look at the graphic that you've made, though, I think you've nailed it. You got actually uh, so you got eight teams, and every one of those teams, because you just mentioned the Lions, every one of those teams, if you're looking at that, will they, won't they? Nine and a half wins. You got the Cowboys, the Saints, the Chargers, the Browns, the Jags, the Lions that you mentioned, the Jets, and the Dolphins. The one that's the most interesting for me, I have to say, is the Dolphins because it's such a question mark this offseason where Tua is coming back in. We do not know what level of his ability he's going to be at. Frankly, you know, he talked already about, you know, having to consider, you know, retiring in the offseason in terms of his injury with his concussions. We hope to God that Tua has, has the ability to play the full season. The big problem that they have this year is, in terms of this nine and a half, ten win situation is, if Tua, please God, doesn't happen, but if he does go down injured for a concussion or whatever, you know, you don't have Teddy to come in there. Now you've got Mike White, and I don't believe Mike White's going to take that team down the stretch. The problem that I would look at that for ten and a half or nine and a half wins is, you know, you're going to be playing the Jets twice, and I think the Jets could hit gold at the start of the season. Off well, you're going to be playing the Bills twice. The Bills have a lot to prove as well. They want to improve and get a step further this year. I think there's a real question mark around the Dolphins, so I'm just picking on Miami. Mark, five minutes into a podcast of the season here, but I feel like with Miami, it's really is going to be boomer bust because I just don't see them making that in between. Like they've got a great defense, they've. You know, they brought in Ramsey now. They've got Vic Fangio there. There's a real opportunity for them, but it is such a boom and bust thing with Tua. It's unreal. Yeah, and I suppose, look, I didn't set the line. It was, this is all based on Vegas, where Vegas had them all in nine and a half wins. And what was so perfect for me is because it's all of these are like making the leap into a bona fide Super Bowl contender. That's what this group really is, that any one of these eight could be a serious contender but equally, all of them have the potential to have the floor fall out of them, really. Like, and continue on with the Dolphins. Yeah, it's super important to have your Tua stand up because exactly what you said, their backup quarterback isn't there. You kind of look at the head coach there and you're kind of like, well, can he get... Well, we saw last year, he can't get a ton out of his backup. And I kind of say that in terms of the Dolphins look like a poor man's, and I don't mean this in an offensive way, but a poor man's 49ers from last year because that defense, when you know, you brush over Vic Fangio, that is absolutely massive to have Vic Fangio. Like, what, look, it didn't work out in Denver and he kind of, you know, didn't 
find a place to be in last year but all you hear about in the last year is how so many NFL defenses have copycatted his two safety defense that you know everyone is going from his you know his his style of doing things so when he has that defense which is already amazing like the likes of Jalen Phillips I think I had another graphic out talking about whether they're the bias or one of the best pass rushing units what you have there in Miami because they're absolutely lethal there as well and it's like yeah they do have the trade for Jalen Ramsey so it's that defense is absolutely going to keep them afloat but it's just whether the offense and sure like you know, when it was healthy last year, Wallen and Tariq Hill, and then the running game, you could plug anyone into that running back unit. It seems to be insane. So they are one of those that if... It's, it all comes back to two of them, right? And I suppose the other tax that's being paid for those, for the Jets and the Dolphins in this, is that they're in that division with the Bills. That they do have an extremely hard division. And obviously with the whole AFC West thing last year. But I think they're fascinating. Like, obviously we're going to see them in Germany and we're hoping by the time that that game comes around that that's going to be, you know, hopefully for a number two or number one seed at that point in the season, which is like mid-November at that point. That must be what, like week 10 or 11 that game is in. So we're hoping for something big there. So I, I, it's fascinating. We These teams, if we want to jump to another one, I'll let you in in a second here. But like the Dallas Cowboys, I think are the exact same. It could all go so well for them. But Vegas is wary and it's like, well, it's always go so well for the Cowboys if you go to play in Dallas, suddenly you're a star. And sometimes we, you know, rank the players a bit higher as a result of them purely wearing the star and their helmet. How does that go for them? They probably need the Eagles to have a bit of a regression as well. You can, you can look at any of the, one of these teams and there's a pro and con to it. I think just to add on what you said about the Cowboys, I feel this year that, like most years of the last few years, I feel this year that the Eagles and the Cowboys are going to be so far ahead of the Giants, the Commanders. It's not even funny. Uh, I feel we'll, we'll 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 get into a season preview episode if on a podcast or if in Belfast or in Dublin, folks. Links and bios of Jason Bell, Christian Scott and Williamson. More to come on that. We will get into it in more detail towards the end of this month. But I do feel the Cowboys will have a good year if they can get that core and their offense sorted out. The the Saints are a really interesting one for me because they talked about the Dolphins being the boomer bust team. But whenever you look at Derek Carr and what he can bring to the Saints team, he brings experience in the league. He should be okay in terms of you know. Hopefully, the, the the offensive line is uh, is always an interesting situation. You know, how does Trevor Penning contribute to that Saints team? Um, you know, you've got Zach Braun, Pete Werner. They're both guys that you know, Werner's shown over the last two or three seasons that he can perform in New Orleans. But you know, you're looking at a team their defense. If they're going to try and stay within that top five, top ten defense this year, they need to make sure that Braun and Werner play well. I don't know what's going to happen with Derek Carr. Is this your run-of-the-mill team that wins nine or ten games? And we're ironically talking about the nine and a half. Is it a situation where, you know, we don't know. We still don't know about Alvin Kamara, do we? What's going to happen in terms of his suspension, which is a major issue. Can Derek Carr hold this team by himself for the first few weeks if Kamara is out? You know, can you rely on Kamara to be there for 16, 17, 18 weeks regardless because of his position? Um, just in terms of, fitness injuries they drafted a guy uh, either in the second or third round that's got similar traits I, can't, I haven't got a name offhand so I think the Saints are a question mark one to me if I looked at your graphic I think the Browns are a big question mark I think the Jaguars are going to go to the AFC Championship game um, and it should, uh, that, that, that's probably a massive call to make at this point in the year but uh, we'll talk about it more closer to the season I am flirting Mark with the idea that the Jaguars might go all the way to Vegas this year 
which is insane. But I keep looking at what they've done and I just don't see how they do not run away with that division. And if they get 10 wins, 11 wins, they're making a deep run. At the end of the day, for any team here on, on this list, especially the AFC ones, you know, how deep can they go? Jacksonville need to have that confidence to go into our head and win. That's what they that's the um the asterisk over their name for me at the minute. Chargers, I'm I'm going through four by a different one, sorry, but the Chargers are one for me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The, the Chargers win at the start of the year and beat Kansas City, beat Denver, beat Las Vegas, and then go on a run, or they could be the complete opposite. We've seen what happened last year at the start of the season going into going into Arrowhead and just not getting it done. And it's it's hard to know when it's a huge year for Staley, it's a huge year for Telasco, as we talked about before. So time will tell. I think I've done everything there apart from the Jets, so feel free. Now, I suppose a couple of ones they touched on the running mic you're talking about is Kendra, Kendra Miller, third round guy that they got. But yeah, it's an interesting one, and I'll, I'll hit on all your points real fast. With the Saints, the division helps, but that's the outlier for me. That's the one I wouldn't go near. I would pick the under. They'd be the first team I picked the under on this graphic because I just like, there's a lot up in the air. Last year, they kind of just like, you know, they just will not commit to a rebuild, and we thought that it should come last year, and we thought that it maybe could have come the year before, but like they, they keep on getting away with it, it seems. When it comes to the Jags, they showed us what they can do last year. It's up to them to take another leap, but the massive part about that, and you kind of hear it, especially in the last like maybe six weeks, that a lot of uh, podcasts they kind of look for things to talk about. Of talking about quarterback rankings, and a lot of people are predicting that Trevor Lawrence is the one that's going to be seen as a top five because he showed those. We finally saw it last year, now that he didn't have dysfunction. He was with Doug Peterson. I suppose it's kind of an under-told storyline, really. Like when they got Peterson last year, that was still a big get, but we never gave enough credit to him that, you know, he was supposed to go in there as a massive quarterback mastermind and get the best out of Trevor Lawrence. And he certainly was doing that last year. And can he drive on again with that this year? I don't know that you mentioned the Browns, but the Browns have one of the best starting rosters in the NFL. We're going to talk about them a bit more on maybe this podcast, or if we run out of time, we'll do it in the next podcast, but how that defense... See, the thing about the Browns is no one wanted to talk about them last year because of the whole Deshaun Watson. It, one, obviously was disgraceful and then we didn't want it. Like, I didn't make a single Browns graphic last year because I'm like, I'm not marketing yep. that team. But now as we kind of move forward and look at them as a football unit again, obviously Deshaun Watson will be back there and it all needs to be based on him coming good, I suppose. But like, on paper, they have one of the best offenses. They have an absolutely serious offensive line. And then the defensive line, again, we're going to save that because it's a whole thing to unpack in itself. And then when it comes to the Jets, that's the Aaron Rodgers saying, let's see how it goes. You know, like we've talked about it a billion times at this point. We'll uh, see what happens through the season. That's all you can say. They have a good uh, team, but what dysfunction does he come with? And that's that's the real summary point with, I was going to say, the Packers there. I actually made a graphic earlier on, put the Packers on, I had to change the Jets. It's going to be a long time to get used to this, but... That, that is a real summary point of the Jets because we just do not know what's going to happen. There's the start of the season. I was talking to Jeff with us last week. They play uh, from from top of my head. They play the Bills. They play the Chiefs. They play the Cowboys in the first four weeks. They've got one home game. That is a difficult start to the year for the Jets. And you'd have to wonder how or how not not just Rogers, but the whole team will you know work around that. Rogers looks in great nick. He looks very chill. He's in Sauce Gardner got him with a lovely little necklace. I'll, I'll just add to that on what you're saying about the Browns. I mean, the talk coming out of Cleveland is that he, you know, sorry, he, Deshaun Watson seems to be in a very, very good place at the minute. 
he has had that fall off season where he has has been back to being in a facility, having some sort of normality. He'll be more fresh. Maybe he does need more game time. But when you're talking, when you get Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donald Peoples Jones, never mind that defense and the, the, the protection that he's going to have, and you can hand it off to Chubb in second, third down situations if you need to. It's it's going to be a a huge undertaking for any team going up against the Browns this year because they are going to have a frankly a chip on their back. I mean, Deshaun Watson, they're not being talked about because of that situation, not being looked at as much in that fact. And it almost adds more to that stack AFC that we that we need to look at. We were going to talk about another another topic in this podcast, but I feel for the last five minutes, we should probably just look at the same teams in this. Or do you, do you want to go to running backs or what do you want to do? Chill, bud. No, I... I, I... <laughs> Yeah, the the month of uh, Mark Madness or whatever you said. Uh, you know, I, I suppose you could you could keep on around in circles. I am bearing in mind that some people mightn't have it up in, t- in front of them and we have just jumped for the last 15 minutes from team to team to team, what seems randomly. But again, those teams, we might as well read them out to give a little recap. The Dallas Cowboys, the Saints, the LA Chargers, the Browns, the Jags, the Dolphins, the Jets and the Lions all are kind of in that kind of mesh, that whirlpool of teams that could be absolute serious contenders or maybe they're not and maybe they could be completely irrelevant I guarantee one of them is going to be going super hot into the playoffs and one of them is going to be firing their head coach is there one team that's not in the graphic that you feel could win over 10 and a half games that people aren't talking about like is it borderline insane to sit here in the first week in August and suggest that the Green Bay Packers can win 10 or more games is that insane no I don't think so I I, I'll pull up the as I talk about this and we kind of look at the teams that are kind of I'll tell you why you see, you see as you're just pulling it up right? I'll tell you why because they've got the Bears to start off with the Falcons the Saints the Lions the Raiders now those are five of those first games where you could see them potentially going in and winning two or three of them they then have a, a plethora of games against the Broncos the, the Rams um, the Giants the Bucks the Panthers the Vikings finishing it off against Chicago and you know, again, we don't know. And this actually goes into a different, a different graphic that you made as well. Just, just generally, you know, about Jordan Love. You know, we do not know what to expect with Jordan Love as the quarterback of this team. And because there's so much going on in the NFL generally, it seems as if that whole sort of storyline. Of course, it's being reported on, but maybe it's not being given the much, as much love, excuse the pun, as everybody else should really have. You know, at the end of the day, they're going to have a lot of young talent there. But when you still got Aaron Jones, Romeo Dobbs there, Christian Watson there and you can bulk up that defense. We just do not know. In an NFC North where everybody expects Detroit to take that next step, a lot of people expect the Lions to go, or sorry, the, the Vikings to go down a wee bit. I don't know, man. I, I just, I, who, who knows what's going to happen? Um, it's just a really weird time in the NFC. It really, really is. Yeah, and I suppose that's the whole thing, that that division is wide open. I, I, I can reveal... A question you're going to hear next week on the Colleen Wolf podcast. So it, I actually said to Colleen, I gave her an option if she wanted to pick the AFC or the NFC to talk about it in a question. The AFC question is what she went with, and we'll leave that to the podcast. But the NFC question that I was going to ask was a basic: Would you give us your ranking for the NFL or NFC North? Because any any number of ways it can be made up, like. I'm not sure on it myself. I was probably giving it to Detroit just because of the whole offseason hype of it all. You know, Dan Campbell put the end to that, obviously, a few weeks back. 
Um, I'm one of those people that is kind of in on the bears, but there's absolute reasons why no one should be in on the bears. Like you should be staying, you should be burying them down the bottom. The Vikings were just so frustrating last year, but after watching quarterback, you're kind of like in on the whole thing that you're like, oh no, you know, Kirk Cousins is a tough competitor and there is, they are obviously loaded. Now minus Dalton Cook, that's going to be a whole thing, but they do have the best wide receiver in the league. And, you know, when you're talking about what that meant for Green Bay for the longest time, that it's like, oh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers were there for so long, you kind of just gave it to them. So, yeah, and when you're going back to um, Green Bay, I'm actually going back to last year. I'm doing this live, so give me a second while I figure it out. But looking <laughs> at literally a year ago, going into the season, week one, the Super Bowl 57, or, yeah, sorry, last year's Super Bowl odds, Green Bay was the fifth favourite. Yeah. So because we've lost Aaron Rodgers, apparently they're not the fifth favourite anymore. Well, the whole thing that I really struggle with is Matt LaFleur is still there, right? So it's like, they probably do have the best offense and now he is allowed to run the ship as he wants. Like, that is so underrated that Aaron Rodgers wanted things done his way and now it's finally like Matt LaFleur is like, okay, I'm going to have someone that's not going to be complaining, I, Jordan, Jordan Love, and I can run the offense that I want to run. And it's this whole thing that it's best when... And look, people can argue with me about how best to have an offense... A lot of head coaches, I know the likes of Bruce Arians would say that they want to build an offense around the quarterback. Well, there's a bigger thinking now that if the best way to be, and I'm kind of thinking of Kyle Shanahan, is if you can, look, Kyle Shanahan definitely helps his quarterback with certain throws. But the best thing is if you find a quarterback that works perfectly for your offense. Because at the end of the day, we can see the likes of like a Kyler Murray and stuff that Cliff Kingsbury was suiting him. But now the Cardinals are probably going to move on because at the end of the day, you can talk all you want about, oh, the head coach should be good enough that he can suit to the quarterback. It's like, no, like at the end of the day, like if they have a 30-year NFL or not an NFL college and NFL career and they see what they believe works and they have a whole mantra and mindset set up around that, like Matt LaFleur will have, you don't need to have some kind of restraint like an Aaron Rodgers saying, no, I want an air it out or whatever. So I think that that's completely gone under the radar that Matt LaFleur can now do what he wants for the first time since getting into Green Bay. Because actually, bef- and before you talk, like, what is it, two years ago they were thinking that Matt LaFleur was going to get fired because the relationship, it's like, yeah. who do you want to pick, Aaron Rodgers or Matt LaFleur? And that was when this whole thing about Aaron Rodgers getting traded became because they're like, well, look, Aaron Rodgers only has two or three years left. If Matt Lafleur is the offensive mind, like a Kyle Shanahan, that like just has so much because obviously is that like that's the whole thing as well. Like they, all these guys, your Sean McVay's became buddies, like with under a Lafleur tree almost as well. Like if you ever go back, it was from two years ago. I would think now at this point, it was called um, Flying Coachman, and it was Peter Schrager got a load of the different coaches on, and it was just you realize that they're all friends because they're all coaching together. So Matt Lafleur. Sorry, this is um. I've gotten a bit heated now. Going to you're bat for Matt Lafleur out of nowhere. You're bad, but no, but you know, but you're bad on though because the Packers have been done, you know. But yet those 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 Rogers questions still go, and and for Green Bay, it doesn't matter how the hell Rogers does in in, in New York here because they have moved on now, and they believe that they have their guy. They seem very very quietly optimistic up there. Which look, this is the 17, 18 week season. A lot can change. Personally. I feel they're in the right division for something, for something to go right for them. And if they are sitting in week 16, week 17, week 18 with a chance, certainly the fans will bite your arm off. This is, um, 
This has been the most enjoyable podcast I've done this off season so far. I, I have to give it to you. So it shows you that that's one graphic. One graphic. Do you know what's so funny? I was just thinking of it when I stood up there for to give you half a second to speak. And I was just thinking, this is the first time since February, I feel like, that we can talk because, you know, when we've been having these stunning guests on, you're listening to them. And I, I've, I mentioned it to Cynthia Freeland about... I, I guess I got a surprising answer from Mina Kimes about the who would you rather be a fan of the LA Chargers or the Chicago Bears in the next five years because the Bears have more money the LA Chargers are going to get a bit more tied on the cap and you know you have Justin Herbert but it feels like that's all they have because they can't stay healthy on the field even though when we were talking to Tom Telesco like I am excited about the starters if they play to their best and you can't put in and say, no, the reason I'm asking this question is because I have thoughts on it. But obviously we do have thoughts that we've been holding back on for a little while and we'll be able to expand over the next few weeks on why certain ideas, maybe a graphic came to mind or, and specifically that Chicago. And I think we're going to do that the next day because there's a, there's obviously a lot to unpack that we couldn't demand out of guests because they went down there certain rabbit holes, but there's also rabbit holes that we might uh, want to pay attention to. Let's let's recheck that and jump on that for the second podcast that we're going to do in this series, which comes out on Friday on the podcast network. I think Thursday or so on YouTube. You can see folks were firing a lot on the YouTube because Twitter is dead. R.I.P. Thank you, Elon, for all that, Wait, what, that what's, hard work. What, what's uh, what's what's dead? Twitter or X? It's called sorry. X. X. Sorry, tw- tw- who calls it? That was two weeks ago, Michael. And that's X in Irish. I can slowly remember being an 11-year-old in school and the teacher saying to me, we don't have an X in Irish. Except for when for it came to X-ray. For some reason, when there was X-ray, an X was, was then invented for an X-ray. <laughs> there you go. Folks, this has been it. Just on that note, folks, uh, if you have any questions, <laughs> at LFL Ireland, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all the good stuff. Uh, at Hulkman NFL at Michael underscore NFL we are only weeks out from the NFL season thank you for continuing to watch if you're watching on YouTube please sub comment tacos and Mark will get, get you a free pint in Belfast or Dublin chat to you soon Mark <laughs>